This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What is the best college football Saturday of the year? Is it rivalry week or is it championship week? I think it's rivalry week, especially when you have teams like Michigan and Ohio State going into that one undefeated. Maybe it would have been a little bit better if Auburn was better this year, except that game turned out to be fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. Georgia, Georgia, like that one wasn't great. So this season, I don't think rivalry week has been I, well, maybe that's not maybe that's not the case. Thinking back to those games, I mean that Alabama game on paper, like ahead of time, didn't look like it was going to be that great. Ended up being awesome. Um, but the implications that the college football playoff has this week in championship week is pretty serious across the board. Like you're going to potentially have a lot of one loss teams that the committee is going to have to figure out. Um, and so I think that makes this weekend a little bit more exciting this year. Ooh, even though I would argue that Ohio State, Michigan, like that was a massive game. Like that was basically the de facto championship game in the Big Ten. You know, like I know this week it's Michigan and isn't it Iowa? Iowa. (laughs) It's Iowa. I know, Chelsea, it's going to be painful. Wild. Everyone's like, don't you want to go to the game? Like, no, I don't want to pay money to go watch that trash. That's, That's just like throwing money away. Absolutely not. So do you stay at games for the full game if your team is losing or the game's really bad? Because I had a conundrum. I think it was on on Sunday. Yeah, it was on Sunday. I was at the Panthers and Titans game. And when I'm saying these offenses were unwatchable, oh my goodness, (laughs) the Panthers offense, it was making my eyes bleed. Plus it was kind of raining a little bit. I think this is the first time I've left a game early, but I left the game early. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that I did have my daughter at home. I felt bad that my dad was watching her. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to make my dad sit and watch my three-year-old for four hours while I watch, you know, the Panthers fail to convert yet another third and 17. So like we did go home early, but I felt bad about it. Do you ever leave games early or do you think that's a no-no? You know, I'm like a, I'm like a, 60 year old woman when it comes to game I'm like panicking getting out of traffic in the parking lot so I Mm. love leaving games if it's if the game is already in hand if it's close game and like it comes down to the last couple plays no I will be there every time but if a team has clearly won the game I have no problem sneaking out five minutes earlier so I want to beat all the traffic I hate sitting in traffic and part, I, I guess part of that is like growing up that's what we did my dad would take me to Timberwolves games and we would just be like we would stand up at the very top of the the stairs by the concourse and watch the final seconds and then just book it out of there. So that's kind of how I yeah, grew up doing it, which is what I still do now as long as the game is is not coming down to the final possession. I think leaving early is just fine. Yeah, sounds sensible enough, even though I know some yeah. people would disagree with us. 
because there have been oh, some sure. epic comebacks. Like I'm remembering the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals when they showed all of the fans like leaving, and then yes. like Ray Allen hit that three at the end, and all of those people missed that shot. But I think it is different if it's the NBA Finals. I think yeah, we would probably have stuck around for that one as opposed for to a sure. regular season game between the Panthers and the Titans. All right, so let's get to some of these championship matchups in college football, starting with the big one, number six, Oregon, versus number four, Washington. Oregon laying a big number here. The spread is nine and a half. The total is 65 and a half. So when you see a spread this large between two teams who have already played this year, Washington actually won that game by a last-minute field goal, what does this line say to you? I mean, it says that Oregon's going to win this game and win it big, but I'm not sure I believe that. Washington, the last couple of weeks, have kind of sputtered. They really have not been great, especially um, comparatively to how they started the season. They were putting up 40, 50 points a game. I mean, to barely get past Washington State last week, Oregon State the week before, um, 24, 22 points these last couple of weeks. That's concerning, especially when you have an Oregon offense that is of the best in the league. I mean, Bo Nix completing 78% of his passes. The Ducks lead the nation in offensive success rate, number two in EPA per play. The issue here with Washington, it's not that I don't think their offense is capable of keeping up with Oregon. It's their defense that concerns me because the Ducks are legit on the defensive end. Washington is not. But nine and a half points in a conference title game where the winner likely makes it into the college football playoff, I think this is too many points. So I would look to take the points with the Huskies, um, but the Ducks are the better team right now. That scares me a little. I still, uh, I'm, I'm going with the Huskies here. Um, and Michael Penix Jr., his wide receiver core, they can, they can do some damage as well. So too many points. In a, in a conference championship game for me to lay them with Oregon. Yeah, that's what I think. It almost seems too obvious, though. Like, whenever yeah. a play seems too obvious to me, that's when I feel uneasy about it. Yes. Yeah, because this isn't even a home game for Oregon. This is at a neutral site. It's a championship game. And I feel like Oregon has been playing well, but I do think this is a tough matchup against Washington. Michael Penix Jr., it looked like he cemented his Heisman case last time these two met up. Now it's Bo Nix that's one of the favorites to win the Heisman. So that's my other question. Bo Nix to win the Heisman is minus 150. If you think that Oregon wins this game and Bo Nix puts up the type of numbers that he did last time around against the Huskies, would you rather take that? Or do you see Jaden Daniels across the way and say, okay, well, Jaden Daniels maybe doesn't play for the better team, but right now he has 50 total touchdowns to only four interceptions. I think this is such an interesting discussion for Heisman because earlier in the week I said, okay, if you think Oregon wins, instead of taking a minus 375 of the money line or minus nine and a half, you just take Bo Nix to win the Heisman at minus 150. But now I'm kind of walking slowly back into the bushes like Homer Simpson in that gift. <laughs> so what do you think about this? Do you think you take Bo Nix to win the Heisman here? I kind of like that play, Chelsea. I mean, I'm not going to. I have a 
Jane Daniels ticket and I have a Penix ticket. I don't have a Bo Nix ticket yet. But if Oregon wins this game, Bo Nix is likely going to win the Heisman. Because if Oregon wins this and wins it big, like the, the books are projecting, he's going to have massive numbers offensively. So maybe that's one way around this is you're not asking Oregon to cover the nine and a half, but you're taking, you're laying a little bit more juice uh, to take Knicks for the Heisman. And just basically you're, I mean, does that kind of mean you're taking Oregon on the money line by taking Bo Nix, but you're not, you're getting it. That's what I'm what, saying. What did you say it was? Minus 120 versus minus 375. I think that is far and away probably the best way to play this game. That's a great call, actually. I hadn't really thought of that. I just keep going back and forth because it's one of those things where I always say that people aren't going to change their opinion based on what you see on Twitter, like usually for political stuff, because people love saying like, oh, here's my case for this. You're not changing people's minds. But I saw a tweet on Jaden Daniels, somebody arguing the case for Jaden Daniels to win the Heisman. And his numbers this year, they fly off the page. And I get it. LSU, not one of the better teams this year. But still, we've seen this before. The year that Lamar Jackson won the, the Heisman, Louisville, I think, played in like the Tax Slayer Bowl or something. They were not one of the top teams in college football. So I just keep going back and forth and saying, okay, if you take somebody at minus 150, you need to really believe in it. That's what I keep coming back to is it, it's kind of a lot of juice for somebody who I'm not completely sold on. But it feels like the committee loves themselves some Bo Nix. So I do feel like he probably is going to win it. So like I said, instead of taking, oh man, this is moved. It's minus 185 over at BetMGM now. Bo Nix to win the Ooh. Heisman. So maybe you can still get a minus 150 elsewhere. But still, that is the alternative to laying a big number on the spread with Oregon if you think that Oregon wins. Although maybe I'll just take the nine and a half with Washington there. Let's look at uh, some of these other championship games. We know Jenks is all over Texas, laying a big number against Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game, total of 55 and a half. We've got the SEC championship game between Georgia and Alabama. I think that is the more interesting of those two games. Georgia laying four and a half, total of 54 and a half of those two, Kate. Is there a game that you'll be uh, placing a wager on? Uh, I do like Texas. I think that they can have a lot of success in this game. Longhorns defense um, is great at stopping the run, and that's what the Cowboys rely barely, very heavily on. Um, Texas, number four in the defense in, in the country in, in stopping the run, 85 yards per game. I think um, I don't love that we're now having to lay the hook in 14 and a half early in the week. It was just at mm -hmm. 14. Um, but I, I think Texas is probably the right side here. Alabama, I'm going to take the points with the tie. It's uh, Nick Saban going up against his former um, assistant. Assistant. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Kirby smart has beaten him, but for the most part, those, those, uh, opponents, well, I guess Sarkeesian beat him this year. What am I talking about? Either way. Overall, the, the numbers are good though. Yes. The stat yes, you're ref referring to is certainly valid over the years. It certainly has been Nick Saban beating up on his former yeah. employees, but I think a lot of it is the way that Alabama is playing right now. Because it's an interesting team. Because over the course of the season, they've had some major ups and downs. In fact, Jalen Milrow sat a game. He was benched. So I think this yeah. is a team that maybe you're still 
yet to see their best work. And coming off the Iron Bowl, I think some people say, oh, well, they played against Auburn terrible, and Auburn's not even a good team. That's a rivalry game. I think you kind of have to throw those type of games to the wayside and say, okay, that's a one-off. It is a very different scenario, especially that game uh, played uh, at Auburn. So I think it would not shock me if uh, Alabama can keep it close, but I'm taking a look at a total here. 54 and a half. If you think Alabama can keep it close, I think we see a higher scoring matchup because look at Georgia's offense averaging over 42 points per game. Alabama's uh, offense has looked good uh, with the exception of last week, kind of struggled in the red zone for the most part, except for the last minute of that game. Uh, So I think if Alabama can score some points here, the over of 54 and a half, I think is my favorite play here. I like that too, Chelsea, because Georgia's defense is not the same caliber defense that we've seen them have in the past. And one of the things that they've struggled with is uh, containing mobile quarterbacks. And that's what Jalen Milrow is. I mean, he can scramble. He can use his legs. That's been a weakness for Georgia. So, and to your point, Georgia's offense is great. If Bama wants to keep up, they're going to have to score. So I wouldn't hate a look on the over in this one um, or take in the points with the tide. Saban in another stat of his three and zero against the Bulldogs in the SEC championship game. So yes, he's lost to Kirby smart before, but he's pretty good in these spots. I, I would still have to trust Saban over um, Kirby, even though the tides in college football have kind of shifted and Georgia is now the new Alabama. I still think uh, the crimson tide could cover five and a half in this one. Yeah. It's weird to get Nick Saban as an underdog. I'd love to right? see the stats on that. Like Nick Saban getting points. It seems very odd. So maybe there is some value to be had there when you are getting those five and a half points with the Crimson Tide. Uh, Kate, I think you're one of the few people I have heard who like Florida State in this ACC championship game, if I'm remembering correctly, to your appearance on this very show yesterday. So why do you like Florida State again? Because I think everybody and their mom is on Louisville here. Yeah, I like Florida State because... Yes, the quarterback situation is concerning. Jordan Travis is out. Uh, their backup, uh, Rodemaker, I believe. Let's see, I don't even... Yeah, Tate Rodemaker. Um, mm-hmm. He was fine last weekend. He wasn't good. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. As long as he doesn't turn the ball over, Florida State still has so many weapons in the backfield and on the outside to put up numbers offensively, and their defense is still pretty good. The biggest concern here is their ability to stop the run, which is something that Louisville is very good at, but... It, if they're able to do that, I think that they can win this game and win it outright. Plus, you're undefeated on the season. One win gets you likely into the college football playoff. This is a short number, minus two and a half. I think they can win it by a field goal as long as they take care of the ball and don't turn it over. So I'm going against kind of what the the popular public opinion is, which is Louisville Cardinals. Uh, I'm not sure I, I fully trust them. 